Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. All right, sister, I am super pumped for today's episode. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about business and a little bit on money mindset. And even if you're not necessarily a business owner, this is going to be super valuable information for you. Um, Christy Wright is on the show today. Christy is a number one national bestselling author of Business Boutique. She's also the host of Business Boutique Podcast. She's a certified business coach and a Ramsey personality with a passion for equipping women with the knowledge and steps they need to successfully run and grow a business. Since joining Ramsey Solutions in 2009, she's spoken to thousands across the country at women's conferences, and I've been to those, and they are good, let me just say. (laughs) She's also spoken at national business conferences, Fortune 500 companies, and her own sold-out live events. I cannot wait for you to hear everything she has to share with you today. Again, whether or not you're a business owner, I really think this is going to bless you. It's going to challenge you. It's going to give you some ideas that you may not have even considered. It might make you think about what you know and what you've been doing or what you've been working in an entirely new way. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it's mind-blowing. So without further ado, let me just dive into this conversation with Christy. I know you're just going to love it. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Christy, can you say hey to everybody? I'm so excited. Thanks so much, Jordan. That's going to be great. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for being on. It is um, so fun to just get to chat with you one-on-one. I got to spend some time at the Business Boutique Conference this past fall and just love seeing your passion for women, your passion for equipping women in their callings, in their giftings, in their dreams, and what God's put on their heart for, whether it's a business or just their career path. And I want to ask you before we even dive into some more of the you know more tangible questions, why? What's your heart behind that? What ignited that in you that was like, this is something that I want to help women with in these seasons of life? Where did that come from? Where did that originate? Share the passion behind it a little. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's, it really is a combination of passion that I think has been in my heart and certainly has been cultivated through doing this, but it's also a combination of strategy. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like, oh, I got this lightning bolt moment from the sky mm-hmm. and I knew it was supposed to be this thing and look like it. It wasn't that. It was honestly some very uh, tactical strategy where we got in a room, the leadership team here years ago, when we were looking at what would it look like for me to have, you know, be able to add value to the marketplace as a Ramsey personality, as a full-time speaker and author and thought leader and content producer. And I'd been speaking for about six years by that point on life balance and a variety of topics for women, but how could we 
leverage that even more. And so what we started looking at, Jordan, was really different pieces of my story. Hmm. And I think when you reflect back on your life, regardless of your age, even if you're 23, you have 23 years to reflect back on, Mm -hmm. you start to see patterns. And so we started seeing patterns. Okay, I was raised by a single mom entrepreneur that started a business when I was six months old to raise and support me. And I was raised in the business, literally at times, Hmm. once to get a degree in business. I've had my own side businesses along the way. I became a certified business coach. Okay, you're starting to see a pattern here. Business, 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 women, women, women. So then you start to say, okay, how can that meet a need in the marketplace? Well, you're right now the trends of people getting into business, specifically women for Mm -hmm. flexibility and freedom and that type of thing, Mm -hmm. is just absolutely taking off Mm -hmm. because it's more accessible than ever before. You can start a business tomorrow with nothing more than your idea and a Facebook page. So 44 million Americans have side businesses. 40 million Americans have, you know, they're solopreneurs. And these women are getting into business and they're smart. They're talented. But business gets overwhelming. Mm -hmm. They're like, what about taxes? What about trademarks? How do I do this? And that's where I come in. And Mm -hmm. so for me to take my background, my education, my credentials and skill set to be able to put the cookies on the bottom shelf and make business unintimidating, take out the overwhelm and make it accessible to all of these thousands and thousands of women that are so capable um, to be able to help set them free in their gifts to pursue what they love is, is like I said, it's, it's a combination of passion that I discovered and have mm-hmm. cultivated through doing it, but also strategy of seeing what are the patterns in my own life that just make sense that I can bring to the world. Absolutely. I love that you share that. I actually resonate with that so much because I get to coach a couple of gals in their business every month. And it's one of those things where it's like, this is a passion because I love getting to watch the progress made and see tangible outcomes. And, you know, I love when girls and women get to see that, oh my gosh, I actually can do this. It's just as much as we live in a society that's information driven and we live in the information age and we have access to so much, it's almost sometimes like information overload. And how do we simplify it, right? How do we make this approachable right. and non-threatening? But then I also love that there is strategy to this. It's not just like, oh, I have a passion, so I'm just going to do that. you know. And I think that's sometimes what we hear a lot. And I often almost want to like wave a red flag, like, hold on, wait, like make a smart decision here. What's actually going to work and what's actually going to, you know, like you said, look at these patterns. I think that's great advice for a listener who might be feeling like, I don't know what I want to do. I just know I want to do something different. It's like, well, first start with examining some patterns in your life. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, totally. And if you would have asked me, Jordan, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, Christy, do you love being a public speaker? I would say, I don't know. I've never spoken, Jordan. You know Mm -hmm. how I discovered I loved it is by doing it. And I just want to encourage your listeners, especially those that are feeling like I'm waiting for an answer before I take a step. I want to say, stop. Stop waiting. Take a step. And in these steps, you will find your answer. In your steps, you will find what you love. In your steps, you will find, hey, I love this, but not this. I want to do more of this, less of less of this. Let me turn this two degrees here or, you know, whatever. It's it, You discover what you love by doing the things, yeah. not the other way around. By trying stuff. I mean, that's the whole story right. behind everything I do now. I never, if you'd have told me five years ago, you're going to have a podcast and you're going to coach women and you're going to write books, I'd be like, what? I don't, I have a healthcare administration degree. What are you talking about? You know, and that's right, the thing. Right. I wouldn't have said, oh, I, I would love to do that. It was so out there. It's the, I'm going to just try some things that interest me and see what happens. And, you know, I think we hear a lot and maybe you can speak into this a little bit, but I feel like in culture nowadays or in church or really anywhere in academia, we hear, find your purpose, find your calling, go after your dream, whatever. And I think there's some pressure associated with that. Like we're all supposed to have this perfectly calibrated dream from the get-go. And I'm sometimes like, 
What if you don't actually know what that is? You just allow yourself to try different things and almost discover what might be a dream that you never thought you had. Yes. Yes. Can we just camp here? Because this is so good, Jordan. Like, Mm -hmm. this is so good. Some people think that through Business Boutique, I help people find their calling. Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. Let me be really, really clear. There are people that write on that and speak on that and teach on that, and I think that's awesome. That's not me. Here's what I help people do. I help them find something they really, really love and they're really, really good at and make money doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, your listeners are like you. They're like me. They have a lot of talents. They probably have a lot of things that they love, which means there are a lot of things they can do. So let's find the best one. Let's find the easiest one. Let's find the most profitable, the most impact. Let's Mm -hmm. find one of those to make use of. But the idea of calling overwhelms me. It intimidates me as if there's just one purpose I was put on this earth to do. And what if I miss it? Oh my gosh, what if I get it wrong? No. Let me tell you something, Jordan. If business boutique doesn't work out for me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something else that I love, that I'm good at. Oh yeah. Keep going. Yes. This is the entire theme of my book. That's, I mean, like literally, because I started to observe that same pattern of like, yeah, it's almost this, it's this one thing and it's all I can do. And what if I miss it? And oh my gosh, we can overcomplicate this entire thing. And it's like, are you showing up and trying things and being strategic and savvy as to how you might be able to use that to put food on the table? If it's not putting food on the table, you might be able to do it for fun on Saturday afternoon, but let's be real here. That's not going to be sustainable. And I think we have a hard time sometimes marrying those two things. We think passion and would not even think about the logistics and the strategy and the smart ways to go about bringing which passions will actually work to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And I I saw a real trend. I spoke um, a year ago on the Propel Women's Tour with like Christine Kane, Lisa mm -hmm. Turkhurst, Lisa Bevere, all of them. And because I was speaking to a Christian audience, Mm -hmm. like it was, it was a church type of audience that showed up to those events. I noticed a real pattern. And I think this is probably true in the Christian church subculture. Um, But so many women came up to me at like my book signing line or just came up to say hello and said, "Um, yeah, I've been, I've been waiting for God to show me what to do. And I've been waiting for, you know, four years. I've been waiting for eight years. I've been waiting. And and it's like they're just waiting for that lightning bulb moment. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage people like, faith is a very real element of your purpose in this world. We are called to be disciples. We are called to show God's glory on this earth. But I also want to encourage you that God is attracted to activity. Mm -hmm. So get moving. Go do some things (laughs) because God can turn a moving car. He cannot turn a stalled car. Mm -hmm. So get that car rolling in some direction. He will steer you if Mm -hmm. you're, he's not going to let you drive yourself off a cliff, but get move in some way instead of just sitting on the couch waiting for that light bulb moment because um, I think God informs us as we take action um, even if it's imperfect action even if it's scared action as we take action he will guide us along the way and so uh, the tip you don't want to run ahead of this plan but you also don't want to stay stuck so it's that balance of of being faithful with where you are and what you've been given and let him guide you the next step of the way yeah I mean I don't think anyone's powerful enough to mess up his plan and I think we think we are we we give ourselves way too much credit it's just the idea of if you can break it down and simplify it and then take that action you're going to get clarity on where you're supposed to go next Exactly. Well, I think speaking in taking steps, I want to get your take on something, and I think it'll be super helpful. 
Because, again, the whole idea of taking steps in some direction can feel still a little bit overwhelming. What would you say is the biggest misstep you see when, you know, new new business owners decide they want to try something or when working women are thinking about making a business? What is the biggest misstep you see them take financially or just logically and how can they correct it? Uh, okay. So financially would, would hands down be debt. Um, mm-hmm. women take out loans because they think that that is what they have to do to build a business. They need to get it up and running. The startup cost is X thousand dollars right. and that's the only way to start a business. And I can't start, you know, I can't start unless I have this hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment and it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes we make purchases about the business to validate the business in our mind. It was kind of like when I graduated colleges, college and I quote unquote needed new interview clothes. No, I didn't need new interview clothes, mm-hmm. Jordan. I had plenty of clothes that I could interview in, but I wanted to like feel like a grown-up. I'm a professional. I'm going to go buy these clothes. So mm-hmm. we do that with our business. I need new clipboards, and I need new computers, and I need new... No, you don't. Like, uh, So we're trying to validate it, but really what we're doing is spending money in a hole on something we have not mm-hmm. actually validated in the marketplace yet. So the, the financial... Um, the the mistake is either taking out, you know, debt or just, I would say, even just roll into that, any massive commitment before you've proven the idea. So you're going to go sign a five-year lease on a retail storefront when you've never sold a single scarf, mm-hmm. like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then you've, you've you've bound yourself to this financial legal commitment and then you begin to approach your business from a place of desperation instead of strength and enjoyment and your customers will feel it Mm -hmm. and it sucks the very life and soul and fun out of it Mm -hmm. because you have this thing hanging over your head. So certainly um, debt or just, just large commitment, like getting the cart before the horse type of thing, validate it first and then as the business justifies it, let it cash flow itself. So that would be the biggest financial, um, I would say as far as misstep, just in in business in general, so often women don't start because they're waiting for it to be perfect. So it kind of goes back to this theme we're talking about of not taking action. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I've got to research. I've got to research. You've been researching for six years. Mm -hmm. You need to get something out there because we have this idea that we can get it perfect before we launch, and then we'll never have a negative review. We'll insulate ourselves from failure. Nothing will ever go wrong. And first of all, that's not reality. Mm-hmm. You can have the most perfect thing in the world, and you'll still have negative reviews, and things yep. will still go wrong, and the shipping will still get mixed mixed up. So that's not reality, number one. And number two, there's no such thing as perfect mm-hmm. in business. You put out your 1.0 version, the market informs you, hey, I love this, a little more of this, a little less of this. Right. And then you iterate and put out version two, and then you iterate and put out version three. Over time, you're always iterating, you're always experimenting, you're never done. Because your, your job as a business owner is to always adapt to what the market wants, and what the market wants is always changing. Yep. So there is no perfect arrival. That is something where the finish line always moves and you get there and it's something else. And so instead, you know, the iPhone, we're on iPhone 10, iPhone X, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they started with the iPhone 1, mm-hmm. then the iPhone 2, then the iPhone 3. And the iPhone's doing things today they never dreamt of right. when it was an iPhone 1. Right. But as the market informed what they want, their habits, their behaviors, their interests, the phone adapted and iterated and met them where they are. And that's how it's continued to be uh, one of the many ways it's continued to be successful. So what is, what is your 1.0 version? Get it to market. I don't care how mm-hmm. imperfect or mm-hmm. ugly it is. It's the 1.0 version. Give yourself permission to be a beginner and then let the market inform it. And you continue to inter- iterate as you have a conversation with the marketplace. It's not a get it perfect, put it out there and forget it. That's not how business works. Right. 
Absolutely. I think um, what I'm kind of picking up here, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, there's value in doing some, you know, predetermined research or some pre-research prior to taking the leap. However, the most valuable research comes in the process. And at least that's what I've experienced and I'm sure what you've experienced. And ultimately, I think what you're saying is, you know, yeah, you want to have enough information to take the step forward and, you know, but you're not going to really know until you test, (laughs) until you try, until you, that the process is where you really see the most value research and can redirect and make those shifts and make those adjustments. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, you definitely need knowledge of what you're doing and what they want to get to have an even starting point to get going. It's just women get stuck in that stage, I feel like. It's like, well, I've got to make the website perfect. I've got to make the design perfect, mm-hmm. the product sample perfect, and, and it won't ever be perfect. You can get it really good, and then at some point, you got to ship it. Like, get it 80% done, and then it's got to go. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that's so good. Um, speaking of just getting it to market and getting it out there and learning what's selling and what's not... Um, Can we kind of shift gears a little bit and talk from a financial perspective? Because I think we can also kind of get stuck in trading our time for money and the the strategy behind, you know, okay, how can I really actually do what I started to do, not just do what I love or what I like or what I'm good at, but also do it in a way that's smart and savvy and I'm not, you know, a slave to my business. How can I do that? And I think, you know, from what I've experienced, the strongest way is passive income, but I think that can seem like a giant. How do I even create passive income, right? So I thought maybe you might be able to speak into or give some ideas on how can one go about creating passive income so that that business they dreamed of building for the sake of freedom can actually serve that purpose. Yes. Okay. So there's, there's two main ways to go about it and there's a thousand minor ways to go about it. So there's, there's, there's a lot of variables at play in terms of when you ask like, how do people make money online? Well, there's a million different ways to make money online. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about the two main ones. The one that probably people are most familiar with would be um, sponsorship, affiliate income, mm-hmm. like it to know it, influencer, blogger, ads, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of women that come to me and they say, I want to make money through a blog. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to understand how blogs make money. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand the unbelievably long on-ramp mm-hmm. to get the dollars <laughs> to something that can support you. And are you willing to put in all that work mm-hmm. to build up all those eyeballs to even remotely command any type of fee or sponsorship money um, to support you? So if, if you want to do that, that's fine. And I can walk you through how to do that. But you need to understand the blog fairy does not deliver checks. Like this is a long stinking process. Thank you for saying that. All- <laughs> All advertisers care about that are paying you the money, by the way, all they care about are the eyeballs seeing their ad. And if Mm -hmm. you've got two people reading your blog and it's your mom and your aunt, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be paying you any money, which means you've got to work on creating really great content, cultivating your skills in writing, getting your marketing through social media to drive views to that page and build all that up before anyone wants to talk to you. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying if you don't have a blog readership currently, then that's a long road for you. If you have Mm -hmm. a huge readership already and you're like, how do I monetize it? Awesome. That's a much shorter on-ramp for you. So that's that's probably the most common. And I don't want to deter people, but I want people to have a realistic Mm -hmm. assessment of what is involved. Because I'll give you an example, Jordan. I was on the Dave Ramsey show a few months ago, and I got a call from a woman, and this was her question. She said, I want to pay off my home in five years, and I want to do that by starting a blog. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you can do one of these things, Mm -hmm. 
or the other of these things, or you can do both, but one is not going to lead to the other. You are not likely going to start a blog that's going to pay your house off in five years. If you're even making money in your blog in five years, good for you. Mm -hmm. So you can pay off your home in five years, and we're going to find a different way to earn that money. Or you can start a blog just for the heck of it, and it's not to pay off the home. So I just want to make sure people's goals align with their path to get there and that it's realistic. I want to stop there just for a second because I think I come, when I started, I came from, well, actually, I started from a small Etsy store is actually how I started, but that evolved into a blog. And so I'm still in a space where that actually got me, you know, kind of the, like, like you said, quote unquote eyeballs, meaning now I have listeners, now I have readership, all of that awesome stuff that's helpful. But I never set out to make my business plan or any type of career plan based on sponsorships because then I'm dependent on someone else deciding if they're going to pay me something based off of what audience I can keep. And, um, Rather than creating, at least for me, my thing was I want to create something that's valuable and serving a purpose in the world that's helping people with something in their life. Um, And not that that's bad. I think there's, I've done affiliate stuff. I think there's great stuff with that. Um, But it's that same question I get of, well, I want to start a blog because I want to do what you do. And it's like, hold on, this has been a five-year process, (laughs) you know? And I often don't want, I'm like, I feel like I'm just crushing people's dreams when I tell them that. But I think there's so much value in having that realistic perspective of like, that's not going to get you where you want to go, at least not in a short amount of time. And with how much it's changing, it's almost like you're on a hamster wheel. Do you really want to do that unless that's already there and available for you because you were just doing it for fun? You know, and I think that perspective shift can be so valuable because blogging is trendy. It sounds cool. Making money online in that way, we often think that's the only way. Like you said, that's the one we're all familiar with. So any listener out there, (laughs) just take note of that because I think that's so important to understand and, and to really like think about and look at from a very realistic perspective. So I just want to thank you for sharing that because I often run into that kind of roadblock getting questions of, I want to start a blog. How do you do it? It's like, well, there's a lot to that, you know? Well, totally. And I want to point out one other thing when it comes to online, social media, marketing, technology, because that world is moving so fast Mm -hmm. and changes are happening so frequently, Mm -hmm. even what you would be getting into today in the blogging world would not be what you would have gotten into seven years ago. So let's say seven years ago, what was going on in blogging? Seven years ago, I'm just making up seven, seven, eight, nine, whatever, years ago, blogging was the end game. Mm -hmm. You started a blog to have a blog and the blog was going to produce income for you think pioneer woman, right? That was the end game. Today, really successful bloggers, the blogging actually supports another aspect of their business model. Mm -hmm. The blogging is a leg of the business model. It is not the sole business. And so what you're even getting into today is not what you probably think of when you think of blogging from seven, eight years ago. You see what I'm saying? So it's a different world of what you're into. Yeah, I almost okay, look so at it like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I almost no, look no, at no, blogging and putting content out on social media or podcasting or any of these other arms. They're arms of a business, but they're almost better used as marketing tools. And it's just different. It's not the end game. Like you said, it's more of like an arm or like a pipeline to what the whole business is. And I think that seeing that visual is super helpful because nobody's talking about that. Blogging still sometimes seems like the end game when that's not really what's happening in the actual space. Right, and I think what people are learning, which is just a good business practice, which actually brings us back around to this passive income question, Mm -hmm. is what people are realizing that they need to do is they need to diversify their income and their streams of revenue anyway. Mm -hmm. So whereas blogging was maybe their only stream of revenue, now blogging is one stream of revenue in addition with like five other things. And that's just a good business practice. It Mm -hmm. makes your business very healthy, very stable, very sustainable, where if one of your sponsors drops off the wagon, oh well, Mm -hmm. because you've got all this other income coming 
coming in from different places and, and they all lift each other and support each other and it creates a really great experience. Like you said, we're almost feels like marketing to drive other things, yep. but it, it's a rising tide raises all ships. So, so you're, you're raising all aspects of the business, not pouring everything into this one thing that becomes like a, a sales machine, a sponsorship yes. machine, whatever. So, so yes, so blogging and online, uh, you know, sponsorships, affiliate, that's one. And another way to make men online, which would be another avenue for creating income, passive income, other streams of income that can support blogging or be completely separate is where you are creating products from what you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so if you're starting a business because you're a, um, a fitness professional and you teach workout classes, you might start and all you do are teach workout classes and you're in the dollar per hour treadmill mm-hmm. and you can only charge a max of X dollars per hour or do group classes and so on. And you're going, how do I get out of this? I want passive income. Well, then you're no longer just charging for what you do. You're charging for what you know. So then if you're a fitness professional, for example, you say, I'm going to create a course on a fitness class or a course on how to build a fitness business and sell that course and you create it one time. You shoot the videos one time. You create the workbook one time and you do all that upfront work. But then when it starts selling, it's selling behind the scenes all the time, it's called mailbox money, yep. where you're teaching a different class that makes money. You're also at yoga. You're also with your kids. You're Christmas shopping. You're eating cookies. The, that course is selling in the background. So I don't want to make it seem like you don't have to do work to sell those things because you do. Right. You have to market them. But it's basically creating products, regardless of the medium, mm-hmm. you're creating products around what you know, yep. around it's- the information, typically a digital type of product or information-based products. Um, and you don't have any cost of goods, which is mm-hmm. great because the profit margin is not much greater. Um, but it just gives you the ability to create tons of products and build that up with a compounding effect where then you have a lot of streams of income coming in while you're going about living your life or running your core business. Absolutely. I So I don't talk about this a whole lot just because most of my business and the content I put out there is very much focused on you know heart and lifestyle. But I geek out over that stuff. But when you can create something that can continue to sell months, if not years, long after that initial creation period, that's where you see higher margins and more sustainability. And then you can feed people. You know, you can feed your house. You can add team members. You can grow. You can go back to that core business and say, okay, what's the next thing we need to create? Rather than in this hustle and burnout cycle of like either trading time for money or feeling like you're barely making any margins or whatever that might be, that diversifying and then understanding what kind of products you can implement into your business model to then create those margins is going to be so incredibly valuable. And you'll see where do I want to invest most of my time and energy, even if it's upfront a lot of work, because I see the long-term payoff. And I see the scalability and the sustainability of doing something like that rather than constantly having to be on. I can be with my kids, you know, so. Right. Go ahead. Exactly. And listen to your market to find out what what those should be. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'll give you a really tangible example. When we created Business Boutique in the fall of 2015, we created an event. The event was really for starters, what we call the starters, which is is a woman that either has an idea but hasn't started or she's within her first year to two of business. So, she's like, that's how this whole thing started was for the starters. In the effect of building this huge brand around the starters, we pulled in two extremes. We pulled in the dreamers that don't have their idea and haven't started, and we pulled in builders that they have their idea, they're growing it, the business is growing, they need help with hiring and scaling and so on. So we started creating more products for the builders, like my academy coaching group, but then the dreamers are going, what about me? Mm-hmm. I want to do something. I want to I be 
a business owner. I want to start a side business or small business, but how do I find my idea? So in spring of 2016, I sat down because I kept getting this question again and again and again. How do I find my idea? How do I find my thing? What's my thing? Which business should I pursue? I sat down on a flight um, on the way to Phoenix to one of my events, and I wrote out my answer to this question. And it's a very specific structure of how I walk them through brainstorming business ideas from all the most important areas of their life, mm-hmm. similar to even how I got into business, my story, my skills, my strengths, and so on. And then you test and narrow down those ideas to find your best idea. I created this thing that then became a course I led 200 women through in 2017 that then has been repurposed into a course that we're selling now called Business Idea Bootcamp. Now, I did not know I needed to create the Business Idea Bootcamp in 2015, Jordan. It never would have crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. But how I knew that that was a product I needed to create, a digital product, for example, was by listening to the market. So for -hmm. for those of you listening right now and you're thinking – I want to create a digital product or I want to create a course or I want to create an ebook or a source of passive income. What should it be? What is your market asking for? Mm -hmm. What are the problems they bring up again and again and again that you're not currently serving or solving through your core business? Or maybe you can solve in a different way. Mm -hmm. Let the market tell you what they need. Those are going to be your best product ideas. Don't just try to come up with something cute and catchy and clever. Uh You can do that and then test it. But man, it's better if they tell you what they want and then you give it to them. And then when you put it out there and you launch it, they're not going, what is this? Do I need it? They're thinking, oh my God, thank you. Finally, finally, you're solving this problem. And it's a much better launch for you and much better received when you listen to what they want and you give it to them. Hey, hey, friend, sorry to interrupt this episode, but you're not going to want to miss this. I don't know if you heard, but Tim Tebow has a movie coming out called Run the Race. Run the Race is a movie made with students in mind, and it's being called the movie that youth groups across the country should be planning to see. It's relatable, it's relevant, it's inspiring, and really funny. It also shows what's possible when we run towards the love of God. The movie's going to be in theaters on February 22nd, and you can get tickets at runtheracemovie.com. But if you'd like to be entered to attend the premiere, walk the red carpet, hang out with me, yep, I'm going to be there, and watch the premiere with Tim Tebow, you can sign up at runtheracemovie.com slash she. The giveaway includes free airfare, travel, hotel, and admission for two to the premiere in LA on February 11th at the Egyptian Theater. You'll also get exclusive access to the after party. The lucky winner will be announced on January 31st, so hurry up and go to runtheracemovie.com slash she, and I might just see you there. Thank you to Zola for sponsoring this episode. Zola is a wedding company that will do anything for love and is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moments in couples' lives even happier. Join 500,000 couples who use Zola because Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, and affordable save the dates and invitations, plus easy to use planning tools. You can start with a free wedding website. It's so easy and takes just a couple of minutes to set up and has over a hundred beautiful website designs to choose from. Add photos, stories about how you two met, travel and accommodations info, and even recommended things to do for your guests while they're in town for your wedding. Zola makes registering for newlywed life so easy too. The Zola store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points, so there's something for every guest to give. 
Guests love free shipping and returns, price matching, and more. With over 500 top brands from OXO to Cuisinart to Sonos and Airbnb, you can also create funds for your honeymoon, future home, new puppy, or pretty much anything you want. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to zolazola.com slash she. Again, that's zola.com slash she to start your wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola. I'm going to ask you a question um, because I want to give a, an example that isn't business related because at least for me, what I didn't, I've done a lot more business education now with coaching and stuff like that, but it's not a key part of my brand, right? I would say it's like a sixth of a, my brand. Um, but with yeah. that, you know, back before I started even adding that to my business, I would often look at business educators or people who were teaching different things about putting resources into the market. And I was like, well, I don't teach people business, so I don't know how to do that, right? And um, I often felt like, well, that just doesn't apply to me. I don't teach fitness and I don't teach business. At least in that season, I didn't focus on that stuff. And so I was like, I'm I'm stuck, you know? <laughs> and um, I think there's a lot of women in that space. And I want to give an example that's a little bit different because I think this might get some gears turning in a different way if they're not specifically in business. And I also would love if you could give feedback on it or your thought on it. So in my own personal life, again, there's a lot of elements of my personal brand into my business model. And I took a big step back from my business because I was, I felt like I was lacking clarity. Like I was just doing and kind of just doing a lot of things and overwhelmed and would wake up with anxiety. And I thought, holy cow, hold on. We're not going to crash and burn if I take a few weeks to step back and just look at the bigger picture from a bird's eye view. And also if I just kind of focus on some disciplines and get some structure in place and all that. So I did this big step back. I actually pulled the launch of this podcast back in the or, or the late part of the summer, early fall, and put it back out a couple months later after I was able to really step back. And in that step back, I did, like, I put myself through a 30-day plan. I just was like, I need whole 30 for my life. I'm disorganized. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I don't know what I'm doing. And um, so I just did that. I decluttered. I de-stressed. I put routines into place that I didn't have because they seemed too basic. It seemed like, I've got a big business to run. I run a team of six. I've got so much going on. I had just bought a house. Like so much was happening that all those basic disciplines kind of got neglected. Well, I came back on the internet space after a couple of weeks uh, of just taking a step back and was just because it was in my life, just sharing like, Hey, I got rid of a bunch of clothes or I did this, or I did that. This has really been helping me not having any intention of, oh, I've got to like somehow create a product out of this. Well, then what started to happen is the market or all of my friends, I don't even like to call them market because I feel like they're all my friends. Pretty much everyone who's been in my community, who's followed along, who's listened to my podcast, who's followed online, who's been on my email list, all of that, they started saying, well, what are you doing? I need to experience that too. I'm overwhelmed too. I'm burned out too. And so then I said, you know what? I think so many people, this is a clear felt need that so many people are in that space that I was in and I didn't recognize it I got to that place. And so many of us just exist on burnout and we neglect these little basics because we're so focused stewarding this outer ring, right? That we miss the core stuff. And it almost feels overwhelming to figure out how to get that stuff back aligned in our personal lives. And just when it comes to structure and discipline and routine and healthy choices and all that. And so, um, I just started mapping out like, well, what did I do? You know, and I had these different phases. I focused on clarity and decluttering and just different areas and broke it down into what would be what my 30 day plan was that I had written out. I just 
restructured it so it was easier to follow for someone else. And I thought this could simply, this could be like an accountability course. This could be something that I guide someone through. And because instead of me sending them, you know, an email that's 15 pages long with a detailed, here's all that I did and here's how to do it and here's how to implement it. I'll put it into a simple course that they can follow and listen to and watch, you know, day by day by day for 30 days and really implement to their life to see that change that I experienced when I, you know, came off of it. And Out of that came a product because it was something that I was being asked. And it's not what you would typically think, but we called it Back to the Basics Boot Camp. And that'll be actually coming out in February. But I never would have expected to build a product off of my own burnout. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, people want to know how to do what you do. So that's what I mean even by Mm -hmm. um, when when you create courses out of what you know. You know, you feel like, oh, I don't know this, but you do know it because you did it. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it, it took you a second to sit down and write it out. Mm-hmm. But once you got the question, like, so the market, your friends, your followers, your tribe, they asked you this question, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? Mm-hmm. It forced you to think, how did I do it? Mm-hmm. And then you sat down and you wrote down how you did it. And boom, there is there is a course on your knowledge where you're mm-hmm. able to help people with what you know. You didn't even know you knew it right. until they asked you and it forced you to think about it and put structure tr- to it and, yep. and teaching to it and that type of thing. And that's what's so great is I think so many women I work with, Jordan, they just totally underestimate their knowledge. When something mm-hmm. is obvious to them, they think it's obvious to everyone else. When they're good at something, they think everyone else is good at it. And so it never occurs to them that that's an opportunity to not only help people by using that skill or talent or knowledge, but also to even create an income and create either a side business or, a, uh, you know, even a, a nonprofit, whatever, whatever you want to do. There's just so many ways to leverage what you know and what you can do because God uniquely created you with these talents and gifts and skills and experiences that he wants you to use to the benefit of other people. But if you're too busy thinking everyone already knows it, you'll yeah. never use it. And so it's very easy to undervalue those. And I, I still experience that, Jordan. Like, I'll sit down to write a talk, and I'm writing stuff out for, like, a stage presentation, a keynote, and I'm going, in my mind, I'm going, everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. They're going to boo you off the stage. Mm-hmm. Everyone, And it's amazing where people are, like, it's these light bulb moments going out, going off in the room, because I'm sharing something that, to me, is obvious, but to them, it's not. Yep. And I've been the beneficiary of that so many times, where someone shares something that, to them, is so basic. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that changes my, my entire mental framework about that thing, you know? So uh-huh. um, I would just encourage women, if something seems really easy or effortless, don't dismiss it. It might be the sweet spot that God can use you in that space to offer something other people don't have. Yeah. And there's no guilt in that too. I think that sometimes when we feel like we're serving people or we're helping them, if it's, it's almost like this, well, I shouldn't make money off of it. It's like, girlfriend, you just put a ton of time and effort and expertise and, you know, heart and hustle into that. Like you're supposed to use your gifts. If it, it becomes wrong, I think if we're not actually offering value and I think that's where we can get the hang up. But it's like, if you're helping make someone's life better, there's, that's guilt-free, you know, and doing it from a place of integrity, you got to get that out of your mind. That's such a toxic mindset that I think sometimes when our hearts are so big, which I totally am about, you know, serve, love, all of that. But I think sometimes we can let that emotional side overwhelm the, the practical and the strategic and the valuing yourself and not underestimating what expertise you actually probably have because you've written it off as well. I couldn't sell that or I couldn't, you know, give that to people or whatever. And it makes me sad because I see so many people stuck in that space and I'm sure you do as well. Well, it's it's not just that. I mean, it is that. It's I think we're very emotional. We want to serve. I totally get that. It's also rooted for many people in very messed up beliefs about money. People mm. have some very completely 
incorrect beliefs about money in actuality, the tactical, like money is evil, success is evil, rich people are evil. That is just factually, and money is amoral. It mm-hmm. has no emotional qualities to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, or something else. It's also not biblical. And so the people distort scripture and there's, there's a lot of myths in our culture and a lot of, um, beliefs of like, you know, the, the top 1% and rich people mm-hmm. are evil and the, the, the wealthy man in the Bible, all that. It's like, there are, God calls us to be good stewards. And if you're not faithful with the small things that you have, God's not going to give you more to mismanage. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is when you start to get your beliefs about money right, it changes your business because Mm -hmm. your business is serving the marketplace and earning money through business is a part of the financial equation of serving the marketplace. If you don't make money, you can't serve people. So there are people that need what you have to offer. It's your responsibility to make and manage money so that you can help those people. It's a means to actually make an impact. And people just get it real messed up. I got lots of soapboxes about that, Jordan. Oh, <laughs> so I, I'm things. sure we, we can talk all day. Just, people just, oh. Oh, I, I know. Oh, I know. And it's and it's hard and it's I, I can understand why. And there's a lot of just misconception and we just almost distort it because maybe of one bad experience or what we were told growing up or whatever the whatever it might be. But it's such a mindset thing. And when we can understand that that's a means, it's a vehicle, it's a tool. Like it wouldn't be a thing that we have access to. And that's a gift I believe God gave us if we're, I mean, obviously if we're mismanaging it, but if it wasn't meant to be used intentionally. Now, of course it can be abused, but that's where we get that, oh, it must be abused if there's a lot of it or if it's, you know, growing or whatever. And it's like, mm, not if you know what you're doing with it, not if you're intentional with it and not if you're looking at it the right way. Um, and, and it's, it's hard. Well, not only that, but like, if you think about it from a totally objective standpoint, mm-hmm. it's like, Jordan, I hope that Christians are all insanely wealthy and have tons of money. Think of the difference we can make. Do you want to build wells in Africa? That takes money. You mm-hmm. want to save, uh, you know, orphans? That takes money. Everything takes money. So don't you want to get a bunch to do a bunch of stuff? Yep. Like, <laughs> it just makes practical sense. Yep. I, I, oh, yes. I could, uh, could we just, let's just pause. Let's just stop recording and just have a whole conversation about this because it's such I a mean, thing. Uh, yes, I totally hear you there. Speaking of money, what would you say, like, now that we're talking money mindset, I'm so glad we got to this place because I think it's so healthy and so important. Um, do you have any top, like, what would be your go-to money management tip for a business owner? And then maybe even just for a gal in her 20s who's in transition in life and she's like, you know, business, business, like SOS, I just need a budget, you know, I just, what would be your go-to piece of advice on that so that anyone listening who might have a distorted view of money or really struggle when it comes to finances or just doing it well, what can, what do they need to know? Okay. Um, so let's just talk to the person right now that doesn't have a business, doesn't care about business. They're like, I just, just money in general, some top management, money management mm-hmm. tips. I'll give you two. Um, and these go hand in hand. These, if you, I, I, I do not overstate this when I say, if you're a listener, if you do this, these two things, it will change your entire life. And I don't just mean change your money. It will change your entire life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one, you need to get rid of debt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because I'm with Dave Ramsey's team. I'm telling you, debt is a thief. You are paying interest. You're paying money backwards. You are getting paid on Friday, and all that money is going backwards. It is self. It is unbelievably defeating, and it is 
it is a thief. It's stealing your future, your future dreams, your future goals. You can't do anything if all your money is going backwards. So mm-hmm. you need to get out of debt. Dave Ramsey has so many amazing tools of how to get out of debt. I mean, completely debt-free, no credit card, no student loan, no car loan. If you've got a mortgage, that's it. Like, you are getting out of debt. Mm-hmm. If you make that choice right there, that will change your life. Mm-hmm. That will change your family tree, your legacy, your ability to do the things that you want to do. Now, the second piece of that, let's say that we're talking to someone and they've gotten debt-free, okay? The next temptation is, especially if you were raised without a lot of uh, skills and habits around money like I was. I didn't know anything, Jordan. I made so many mistakes. I was $30,000 in debt. I had to work my way out of this and figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. But then once once you're debt-free, the temptation is if you have money, you can spend it. And mm-hmm. I know this sounds so dumb. But just because you have the money doesn't mean you have to spend it. So you could have $5,000 in your bank account, and you go to the furniture store, and you see a couch that's $1,000. Your mind, because of that previous habit of behavior of if you have the money, you can afford it, you can spend it, then you would just buy the couch, Mm -hmm. even if you don't need the couch, even if the couch is not a good value, even if you don't really want the couch is not the biggest priority for that money. So I just encourage people... The debt is one piece of it, but learning to live on less than you make and save up and store the money. Just let that money sit there. God, it feels so good to have money in your bank account mm-hmm. rather than a bunch of stuff cluttering, cluttering your house. Because stuff doesn't give you options, but money does. Mm-hmm. You have a medical emergency, money can take care of that. You have a family member that's sick, money can help that. You get laid off your job, money can help you. Couches and clothes and handbags, they don't save you when things go wrong in your family or your health or your job. So just the, the power that you have when you have money built up, when you have savings in your savings account because you let that money sit there and you don't spend every dollar that comes in can change the game for you. So I would say those two things, as countercultural as they are, it's amazing how effective they are. And, you know, people say, oh, but what about credit cards? What about frequent flyer miles? What about points? Let me tell you, there's not a millionaire in the world that got there through points mm-hmm. or flyer miles. <laughs> they got there by saving and avoiding debt. And in fact, if you ask millionaires, um, based on research and studies of millionaires across the country throughout history, the number one piece of advice they have for how they uh, built wealth and maintained it is staying completely debt-free. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to take advice from someone that's done it, mm-hmm. that has actually built wealth, not my broke neighbor telling me I need to go take out a new car, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So so the, that, that piece is huge. And then I would say in your business as a business owner, um, just understanding the significance and the importance of profit. Because if you're a new business owner, if you're a side business owner, it's, temp- it's tempting to think of profit as bonus money, that's fun money. That's just extra if you make profit. Profit actually is a part of the financial equation of your business. It has a job to do, mm-hmm. and it's necessary, and it's not optional, and it's not greedy. It shows that you're a good steward of how to manage your entire business while also really understanding profit and becoming more and more profitable in your business so that you can be more sustainable. And of course, so that you can help more people. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing this for. So um, yeah, those two things. And, and DaveRamsey.com has so many resources for anyone going, yeah, I need to get out of debt. I need help. Um, I, I'll tell you, I've been in debt, and, and I, I've had credit 
credit cards, and I know that feeling of sitting at a restaurant with my friends and handing them my credit card and being so scared that the server's going to come back and tell me my card's declined because it's maxed out. I know that fear. I know that frustration. And I will tell you that if you can get committed and work to pay off your debt and become debt-free, you will never look back because Mm -hmm. the voice of debt is always the voice of regret, and it will change your life. And now I'm living and breathing breathing and living my life, and I don't have a credit card. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can live Mm -hmm. your life without a credit card. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's amazing. It's a a mental shift, but it can also really change your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that because I think (laughs) we get too comfortable on credit cards. That's been a big thing in our household is that's not a need. It's a thing that we're told we need. It's not a need. What would you say would be your top? Would you say that's the same that applies for someone who's maybe a new business owner, the debt thing when it comes to money management? Yeah, so that and then also just building up your profit. I mean, you can also, I mean, there, for a business owner, you also need savings. So the same principles apply. Like in, in life, you need three to six months of emergency savings. In business, you need three to six months of emergency savings, mm-hmm. especially if you have overhead, like um, retail, lease, or team members or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just savings is a good principle either way. Um, but the reason I mentioned profit for business owners is because I've had women tell me, oh, I've had a business seven years and I've never earned a profit. I'm like, you've had a hobby. Mm-hmm. You've not had a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really understanding profit and becoming more profitable enables you then to pay yourself more, to budget better, to save more, to be more generous with your team members or um, have a, you know, have have scholarships for people that you want to, you know, help or mm-hmm. all those noble, holy things you want to do. The profit is what makes that possible. So just um, that would be the the tip for the business owners. It's so good. So good. So practical. And I think so powerful at the same time. Well, I don't want to keep you too long, but you've just made this such a pleasure. And just, I know there's so much value packed into this, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. So thank you so much for just everything that you have shared, every piece of knowledge, every piece of experience, every piece of wisdom. I just know it's going to be such a blessing. Where can people find you? Where can the gal who's like, SOS, I need help? (laughs) with my business or with my my debt and my business, where should she first go? What's going to be, where can she find all that you're doing? Well, businessboutique.com has everything. It has the book. It has the podcast, the courses, the, you know, the events coming up. It has all the things there. Um, so, yeah, they can they can check that out at, at businessboutique.com. And I'm so excited because, Jordan, you're going to be on my podcast soon, which I'm so pumped about. I am. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Like, you are such a shining example in this space and encouraging women. And there's just such power in women championing women. And I love what you're doing. So thank you for what you do and the difference you're making. And um, and I'm just so grateful. Any, any time that I can help you in any way, I'm so thrilled to. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Seriously. Okay, you guys, I cannot get over that conversation. I want to just tell you a little bit on where you can find Christy if you would like to get even more tangible um, solutions, if you'd like to find a little bit more about what she does or get her book. She did mention you can go to businessboutique.com, but you can also find her on Twitter at Christy B. Wright. Or you can go to her website, christywright.com, and learn more about what she does and how she might be able to be a resource for you. So I know this episode's getting long. I'm running out of breath. I need some water. So I'm going to wrap it up here. But thank you for listening. I hope this blessed your life. And I hope that it might even be that first little door that you need to open or that next step you need to take that just kind of is like a little, you know, bump on the rump to get you going. So take action, really implement your skills. Don't be ashamed of making money. And I promise you, it might just change your life. If you liked today's episode, would you consider leaving a review in the podcast app 
or wherever you listen. If this show has helped you grow into the she you were made to be at all, taking 0.3 seconds to leave a review would mean the world. This helps the show grow so I can keep researching, creating, and providing new content to help you make your life better every single week. If you leave a review, be sure to share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you. Thanks so much, sister friend. You are the best. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.